I have been praying that the Lord God of heaven would send a spirit of repentance upon you as you listen to this broadcast. Welcome to Living Water. We're pastors Ray and Jan Greenlee of the National Prayer Chapel. We're coming to you from our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. Today we're asking, will you go through with God? Will you seek a meeting with the living God of heaven to deal with your heart? It's fairly easy to remove the outer layers of sin in our hearts. No, lay down the cigarettes, stop drinking the alcohol, turn aside from specific areas of sin that are outward in manifestation. Oh, but the, but the work comes, the hard work comes in the total cleansing of the inner man, and this requires painful honesty before God. True repentance involves dealing with sin itself and its horrible offense toward a holy God. It means dealing not so much with the sin as with the very character, the very heart of who we are and what we are is offensive toward the Lord God of heaven. It's not simply a matter of facing sin's consequences. There is godly sorrow that leads to repentance, and then there's sorrow of the world that results only in death. The convicting work of the Spirit of God is always sin-specific. The Lord is not interested in a general feeling of being wrong. That's what we call today false guilt or condemnation. No, the Holy Spirit is always sin-specific. And so he wants for you to have a very specific labeling of your words, your attitudes, your actions, or your motives as sin in the light of his holiness. This is a work that you must do if you're going to go through with God. This is not a time for cheap grace. The judgments of God are already being poured out on the earth. This is a time when we must earnestly Seek a meeting with the Lord God of heaven to deal with the coldness of our hearts, to deal with our love of the world, and to turn aside from that. I urge you to immediately seek a meeting with God. Examine your heart before him. What are the motives of your heart? Where are you tempted don't make excuses, but just face your sin head on without lying to yourself or lying to God. Identify those worldly pleasures that draw your heart away from Jesus. Seek to know how you have grieved God's Spirit. Become conscious that God observes and weighs your every thought, your every word, even your attitudes and the deeds of your life. Define the specific teachings of God's word which you are violating. In other words, bear your heart before the Lord. Seek his forgiveness and that of others. Make 
restitution. Be willing to humble yourself and set everything right before God and your brothers. Jan, this issue of restitution is so vital. There is no real repentance if there is no real restitution. It's an easy thing to say, oh, I'm sorry, I apologize. Mm. But that's not enough. That's not enough, Ray. It means making real restitution. Restitution is what makes the wheel of repentance move forward in the life. And some of you today have heard the gospel proclaimed time after time. And yet you know in your heart that you've stolen, you've lied, you've cheated, you've spoken words of gossip and condemnation about another man or woman. You've been self-righteous. You've been self-righteous and arrogant in the way you've treated others. Independence. Some of you have broken relationship with your wife or with your husband or with your children. Some of you have been yelling and screaming at your children, mm. jerking them, treating them horribly. You have to make restitution. You have to make that right. Do you understand today? We're asking you today to secure an appointment with the Lord God of heaven. We're urging you to enter into a meeting with God. And we're urging you to go into that meeting to bear your heart before Him and ask Him to break these sins that have controlled your life. Some of you are addicted to the pleasures of the world. You'd much rather go to a movie or sit down and watch television. You'd much rather go fishing or you'd much rather go to the NASCAR races than get on your face before God. Ray, it's so easy just to numb out yourself. Medicate yourself. Yeah, yeah. anesthetize yourself so you don't have to deal with this stuff. And you won't be clean before God. And you know when you look in the mirror that you're not clean. And you feel, you feel that guilt. And there, that's the godly guilt. The Lord wants wants us to feel guilty, wants us to feel sorry for. He wants us to be sorry for our sin. Sin specific, however. Yes. If you have a general sense of depression, or you have a general sense that things aren't right, if you feel God is condemning you and, and doesn't love you and has rejected you, all of those are byproducts of real sin, and if you'll get specific about what those real sins are, these general feelings will disappear. Yes, because real sin adds up, Ray. Real sin continues to build and build, and they are connected, one connected to the other. So if you're angry, you'll shout, and you'll scream, and you could even go into swearing, and, and you'll have a dirty tongue an unclean tongue, and it cuts and it hurts people, and you cut people off. Or you turn to the drugs, the alcohol, tobacco, those kinds of drugs, or you turn to the drugs of the television or some other entertainment, 
to suppress to suppress and not deal with yeah. the reality or you just become a workaholic and you're always working and some of you as you listen to this broadcast are exhausted and the reason you're exhausted is you've been running from God you just want to avoid the Lord God and we're asking you today will you have a meeting will you set a time cancel every other engagement now this appointment needs to be a minimum of one hour the Lord Jesus said couldn't you even watch and pray for one hour and in our experience prayer really doesn't begin until after you've been there for one hour after that hour is finished you've probably completed your complaining list <laughs> and now it's time to get real now it's time to deal with your heart let the Lord God point his finger in those places where he sees ask him to show you how he sees you Jan I can recall a number of times being unable to be aware of what I was feeling yes has, has that ever happened oh, to you my heart and my soul was like a garbage compactor I had pressed everything down so I had really no emotions I was almost flat, Ray, because my life was so painful. And the only way I knew how to deal with it is just to keep pressing it down, pressing it down and compacting it until I had a huge, heavy bag. I couldn't lift up the bag. If you would have ever started crying, you probably would never have stopped. Or if you'd ever started screaming, you yes, probably wouldn't never have stopped. stopped. Oh, that's right. Yes, I would have exploded. And I was the kind that said, you know, it takes forever for me to get mad. And then I would be, you know, just vomiting for days, my anger. Well, I think many of our listeners are in that same place. You've been compacting mm. and compacting and compacting. And pressing down and pressing down. And today in the body of Christ, we want to go to the psychologist to talk about what the answer is. Mm. Well, I'll tell you, the answer is not found on a psychologist's couch. The answer is found in the prayer closet, confessing specific sin and turning aside from that specific sin and asking the Lord Jesus if he would forgive you and wipe away that transgression. And Ray, that's where there's real joy, real peace, and real victory. And then you don't feel this guilt inside because you know you're clean before the Lord God. And in order to feel clean, you have to be clean. Yes. And the blood of Jesus Christ is what cleanses us yes. of this darkness and this sin. He will take your sin and he will wash it from your heart with the blood of Jesus. God will meet with you. The question is, will you meet with God? My fear is that some of you are so out of touch with your real spiritual condition that you can listen to this broadcast today and be self-sufficient and self-confident and say, I know Pastor Ray and Jan are not talking to me because I'm okay. My sins are under the blood. Everything's taken care of. I'm on my way to heaven and I'm in the happy train. If that's where you're at today, you're self-deluded. We have all walked in sin and brokenness before God. By His grace, 
he reached down into the bottom of the barrel and he grabbed a hold of my life and he lifted me out of that mess and he set me on my face before him and he's given me the wonderful gift of proclaiming his gospel message. That's an honor beyond anything I can imagine. And it's all his grace. That same grace is available for you. The Lord God of heaven, through the blood of Jesus Christ, has made available to us a fountain that will wash away all our sin. We've called that justification by faith. I'd rather translate it being made righteous. In other words, the Lord looked at the sin of my past and he said, my blood will wash away all of that sin. And then he looked at me as I was and said, I need to wash you and make you clean. I need to sanctify you. I need to set you apart for myself. And then constantly I live in the wonderful gift of repentance so that at any point I'm brought into the presence of the Almighty God of heaven by the blood of Jesus Christ through that way opened into the most holy compartment. I have to tell you, sometimes I see myself in my mind's eye laying on the floor on my face in the most holy compartment of the heavenly temple just laying on my face, not asking for an audience, not making any requests of the Lord God of heaven, just laying on my face in that most holy place by the blood of Jesus, just waiting upon the Lord God of heaven. Now this is a mystery beyond anything I can explain. I can give you the intellectual reasons, but this is beyond all intellectual understanding. This is a place of of healing, it's a place of restoration, and it's a place of waiting upon God for His commands, for His direction, and for His gifts. That's like just resting in the presence of the Lord. And just like Mary did, she just sat at His feet and let Him minister to her. That's what He wants each of us to do, just to go into His presence and be there not ask anything, not demand anything, not need anything, but His presence. His presence is enough, right? To seek His face and not His hand. Yes. To know Him for who He is. Yes, not what I need. And not what I need, but to know Him for His glorious mercy and His wonderful love and His outpoured kindness to me. There's nothing more that the Lord God wants than us to come with our hearts, just pouring ourselves out to Him and saying nothing but being there in His presence. Now we're going to go together into the book of Romans. And this wonderful passage of Scripture, Jan, talks about this gift of God. This is Romans 4, verse 4 through 8. Now when a man works, his wages are not credited to him as a gift, but as an obligation. However, to the man who does not work, but trust God who justifies the wicked. His faith is credited as righteousness. David says the same thing when he speaks of the blessedness of the man to whom God credits righteousness apart from works. Blessed are they whose transgressions are forgiven, 
whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will never count against him. You can be that man or woman whom God will no longer charge with sin. You simply must avail yourself of the blood shed on Calvary's tree. I hope you understand what we're talking about today is not a psychological fix. It's not a self-help fix. It's the work of the blood of Jesus Christ, and it's a gift that is given to us by faith. And so that requires some time spent talking with you today about what is faith and how does it operate. So let's go to the book of Hebrews, the 11th chapter. This is, of course, the great faith chapter. We'll begin in verse 1. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Now that sounds like an intellectual definition. Yes, it does. But it's not. Let's break it down. Faith is, number one, being absolutely sure of what we hope for. Well, what do you hope for? I can tell you what I hope for. Absolute cleansing of all sin and the breaking of every bondage of sin and to be utterly, totally, completely sanctified and set apart under the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith is absolute trust in Jesus Christ and wholehearted, spirit-directed obedience to his every command. And Jan, we find that described in this 11th chapter of Hebrews. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And this is what the ancients were commended for. Now, if you look at Abel, he offered a gift, a better sacrifice than Cain did. In other words, his faith was a verb. His faith was obedience, Ray. His faith was an act of obedience based on the command of God. We've too often thought of faith as something passive. We find Enoch also in action with God. And then we find Noah in holy fear, building an ark to save his family. And then we come to Abram, or Abraham as he's referred to in the 11th chapter of Hebrews, verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land, like a stranger in a foreign country. So Abraham took action and obeyed what God commanded him. Now we need to look very carefully at this sixth verse of Hebrews 11, because this is the heart of the matter. Verse 6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Faith here consists of two things. First, believing that God exists, knowing that he is God. And two, that God will reward those who earnestly seek him. And earnestly would mean I'm going to seek him with all of my heart, with loud cries, with no resistance, with everything that's in my being. So you're saying no reserve held. No reserve held back. Absolutely casting myself on the Lord God of heaven. 
reserving nothing for myself. And crying out to him. This is what we're talking about today in terms of meeting with God. Yes. This is what we mean when we say, get an appointment with the Lord God of heaven and go in before him and earnestly seek him. Faith is action in earnestly seeking after the Lord God of heaven. It's knowing beyond any other question that the Lord God of heaven exists, that he hears our prayers, that he answers our cries, and that he will reward us if we will earnestly, passionately seek his face. Well, Ray, it's really saying without faith or without confidence in God, I must have confidence in his truth. I must have confidence in his wisdom. I must have confidence in the promises he's given me. Abram was learning to have confidence in Almighty God, but it was painful. We left him in the book of Genesis. Remember, Jan, in the 12th chapter, he was being shamed by Pharaoh because he'd gone down to Egypt or the world because of a famine in the promised land. And so we find him shamed being kicked out of Egypt. We pick the story up in the 13th chapter of the book of Genesis. Lot is still with him. Abram has become very wealthy in livestock and in silver and gold. He goes up to the Negev and pitches his tent between Bethel and Ai, where his tent had been earlier. Bethel means the house of God, as we talked about earlier, and Ai is the heap of ruin. He goes back to that same halfway place. So he's camped out halfway between the house of God yes, and the world. And the world. And in that place, he once more builds an altar and he seeks an appointment with the Lord God of heaven. But there's no answer. Now this may happen with you. We're urging you today to abandon yourself totally and completely in the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're urging you with all of our heart to seek an appointment with him. But the Lord may not answer you when you go into that appointment. And if he doesn't answer you, there is only one reason why he would not answer. Abram had not completely obeyed the commands of God. The Lord told him to leave his country and to leave his family. His father Terah died in the city of Haran, but his nephew Lot is still with him. The Lord is waiting for Abram to step into obedience. The Lord wants time with Abram alone, without the influence of his family, so he can teach him the way of faith. And the Lord wants to teach you the way of faith. And he wants to get you alone before him. And we urge you today to make an appointment with God, to go through with God. But I'm warning you, as you go in, the ceiling may press down on you. You may have no sense that the presence of God is there. But if you will earnestly search your heart before God, if you will bear your heart before the Lord God of heaven and ask the Holy Spirit to convict you of duties undone, of obedience that you have rejected, the Holy Spirit will come and quicken you. He wants you to examine the motives of your heart. He wants you to look at where you're tempted. He does not want any excuses. He wants you to face your sin head on without lying to yourself and without lying to God. He wants you to identify every area that draws you away from Jesus. He wants you to seek his face and to not grieve the presence of the Holy Spirit. 
Now know that as you go in before the Almighty God and seek His face, there are going to be very specific conditions that you will be required to meet. There will be places of abiding that the Holy Spirit will call you into. If you will thrust yourself forward on the mercy of God under the blood of Jesus, He will meet you. Seek His face and do not grieve the presence of the Holy Spirit. Now know that as you go in before the Almighty God and seek His face, there are going to be very specific conditions that you will be required to meet. There will be places of abiding that the Holy Spirit will call you into. If you will thrust yourself forward on the mercy of God under the blood of Jesus, He will meet you. Thank you, Pastor. Now let's go back with a closing thought on today's message. When the Lord sends a spirit of repentance, he also sends weeping. We are asking Jesus to hear your honest cry for a clean heart. As you meet with the Lord, Isaiah 30:20 tells us that he sends adversity and affliction to be our teachers. When you confess specific sin and cast off your coldness of heart, your indifference, and your love of the world, your eyes will be opened and you will see Jesus. And Jan, this adversity and this affliction is given to us in order to drive us to our knees. Very seldom do we pray if we don't have to pray. Now, I'm not talking about sweet Jesus prayers. I'm talking about going into the prayer closet and spending that hour, two hours, three, six, eight, ten, twelve, all day. I'm talking about really getting serious and taking a day to seek Jesus. We always pray when we're in pain or when we have a problem or there's something that we cannot solve, then we will finally go to the Lord. And we're at a place now where we've been medicated by the world to such a point that we don't know that we have to get to Jesus or we're going to die. Jesus is the answer to our problem. He's the medicine I must take. He is the answer. And today, if you have adversity or you have affliction, praise the name of Jesus and let that be a part of what drives you into the prayer closet. As you seek this appointment with God, the promise is, chapter 30, verse 21, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Isn't that what we need? The clear direction of the Lord God of heaven saying, this is what I want you to do. This is the way I want you to walk. And then your feet walk it out quickly in obedience because you know that's what the Lord wants you to do. And coming out of that intimacy with Jesus, the word says in verse 22, then you will defile your idols overlaid with silver and your images covered with gold. You will throw them away like a minstrel cloth and say to them, away with you. Is this what you need? Do you need to throw away your idols? Those things that you've been drawn to in the world? We're asking you, we're pleading with you, go through with God. Don't put up with coldness of heart any longer. Don't put up with this lukewarm spirit. Get serious with the Lord God. 
Go see him. Go visit with him in the closet and pour out your heart and your soul and say, I've got to have Jesus. I've got to tell Jesus because he will hear you and cleanse you of your sin. Oh, Lord, we need to come to you. We need to meet with you. Lord Jesus, we need to come in and have your Holy Spirit teach us how to pray. Yes, Lord God. To say those mm. things and mean them. Yes, Jesus. That will point our face toward heaven. Oh, Lord, mm. would you rescue yes. your people today oh, across God. this nation? Mighty God. Would you touch the men and women Jesus. as they're listening to this broadcast? Yes, right would you now. call them after yourself, mm. Jesus? Yes, Lord. Would you put such an urgency mm. in their heart that they must set aside time? to go through with you, Jesus? Would you make them sick and tired of the slowness Mm. of their heart and the coldness of their heart and the indifference of their spirit? Lord, quicken them by the blood. I pray now in the name of Jesus. Jesus. 